Hello and welcome to another episode of Agency Journey. This is Andrew, and today I'm excited to bring you a conversation between Joey Gilkey and I. Joey runs the Sales Driven Agency, and we talk all about how agencies can develop a sustainable sales process. Have you ever have you ever been stuck in that seat where you as the agency owner are the only one who can drive sales, and maybe you've tried to hire one or two people and you've gotten one rock star, but they're super hard to replicate, or maybe you don't, you don't even get there. You, you just struggle to replicate yourself. Well, Joey walks through how you can instill a proven process. He, he talks about how agency owners can make that transition from the, the creative everything that you need to be as an owner into a sales manager and solidify that, establish processes and consistency on the sales side of the agency. He goes through very step-by-step instructions on how you can build out that sales process, that sales team and sales system. Uh, I had a really good time talking with Joey and I hope you enjoy the episode. So without further ado, here we go. All right, Joey, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to bring you on here um, and kind of share how agencies can be uh, optimizing their sales process in this environment right now. Um, Before we kind of jump into the meat and potatoes here, could you give folks a, a little bit of an overview on your story and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Um, so Joe Yulke, founder of Sales Driven Agency. Uh, we are a shop that helps other agencies uh, become what we call sales driven. So helping them grow predictably, sustainably, and scalably. Um, and we do that through our core belief that uh, agencies ought to be driven by their sales operation. And most, uh, as you know, Andrew, because you work at the same, same people that we do, uh, most are not. And so um, our goal is to help them get out of that that, that world where they're growing unpredictably, not sure where their next deals are coming from unsustainably. And they might be growing, but it's not sustainable in the sense that they maybe are tactic dependent or maybe they have one sales rock star that has no process behind them. Um, and if they leave, they go back to zero and then unscalably meaning all that combined, right? You can't, you can't really have a scalable agency there, which I know you help with, but, uh, back to your original question, my background. So, uh, I actually came from corporate world originally. Uh, I've been in the agency space for a while, but I was in the Fortune 100 world. Um, I had the privilege of kind of at a young age getting handed probably too much responsibility. Um, I got to be a part of building and managing a 115-person sales team uh, for the Southeastern Division of a global IT services company. Um, And we were targeting massive seven- and eight-figure contracts with other Fortune 1000 companies or so. And so I kind of got my... my, uh, my chops there, I'd, I'd probably better say I got my teeth kicked in, uh, but learned a lot, got into being a lot of boardrooms. I probably didn't deserve to be in, um, got handed a lot of responsibility that kind of forced me to grow up a little bit yeah. in the sales world. Um, after that got poached to be the VP of sales for a consulting firm. Um, they were about 1.1 million when I started and 18 months later, before I got poached to my next job, uh, they were already at $10 million annual run rate. Awesome. And then, uh, then I got into agency world. So I got poached to be the VP of sales of a HubSpot agency um, doing inbound marketing and uh, kind of similar story to the consulting firm one, which was took it from very little to, to quite a bit very fast. And I kind of realized in that time, um, one, I'm built like an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, and yet I've been operating like an intrapreneur in, inside of these organizations, uh, making these folks a lot of money happy to do it. It was my job. It's what I got paid to do, but kind of had a moment in my life where I was like, huh, I think that I can take a a stab at this on my own and and go make my own, uh, create my own story, create my own wealth for my family and, 
And so I set out to do that uh, years ago. And uh, since then, it, it's kind of been this, this journey of how do I continue to embed myself to serve agencies uh, with my craft, with my skill set, awesome. which is really what built Sales Driven Agency. And so over the past few years, we've really refined how we do that. But uh, predominantly, we come in and we build out the entire sales operation uh, for agencies to help them achieve that predictable, sustainable, and scalable growth. That's awesome, man. It's cool to hear that progression because it sounds like you're someone who's going to come in, see problems, put in systems to fix them, and then you obviously see the results on the backside of that. So can you kind of walk us through a process if an agency brings you in and they're struggling with, Mm -hmm. let's say, consistency in the sales process? The owner's done it. They've tried to hire a few people, but they just can't, they can't find traction there. Are there two or three things that you're seeing pretty often that are, if they implement these things, if they address these core issues, that that can be the beginning of a turnaround for them. Totally. Yeah. So we really see agencies kind of fall into one of four buckets. Um, one, they're the founder still selling. And by selling, I mean, it's basically their network referrals, word of mouth, maybe some inbound through conferences and directories and, and different things like that. Uh, again, not predictable comes whenever it's super valuable leads. Like we love inbound. We love referrals. We love word of mouth. We want to have process for how we create more of that. However, um, if you're completely dependent upon that, you fail. So that's number one. Number two is they are silver bullet hunters. This is super common. So this is the folks who are looking for that one next tactic to kind of grow their agency. And it's LinkedIn automation one day. And then the next day it's, I'm going to start a podcast and invite my ideal customers on as guests to kind of get the conversation going, uh, you know, do biz dev that way. Again, listen, we're not opposed to any of these things, but we become dependent on them. If they go away tomorrow, then your agency goes back to square one. So that's number two. Number three is they've hired that lone wolf salesperson. So maybe they got lucky and they found a really good salesperson and maybe they're doing pretty well or they're even crushing it. But just like me, when I became the VP of sales of an agency, there a light bulb kind of goes off in a good salesperson's head that says, I can, there's more opportunity on the other side of the fence. And maybe that start their mm-hmm. own thing. Maybe it's go somewhere else. It's more secure, more upside. Um, but when they do that, you go back to square one again, cause you're person dependent. And the last one is kind of what you talked about. Someone who gets it in terms of, they understand they need to have sales process. They need to have sales people. They need to be able to have um, a sustainable operation. They just, because they're an agency owner, they're typically a creative, a strategist, a technician, they didn't have the background that maybe I had where I got to manage 115 people and I've hired hundreds and hundreds of people at this point, messed up quite a bit, um, but learned a lot from that. And so to your original question, what is something that I see commonly? I see that people, agencies typically want to jump into one of those four buckets. um, But when they do their natural inclination is I pay salesperson, salesperson gives me a return on my investment. Yeah. And so their thought is, let me go hire someone. The, the downside to that, again, back to the typical agency owner is you're a creative, you're a strategist, you're a technician, where in your career, your, your path was probably, I worked for somebody, could do something pretty cool in marketing. Someone came to me, gave me some side project. I thought that was pretty cool. I became a freelancer. Oh, look, I've got enough work to hire people. Boom. Now I'm an agency owner. Where in that in that timeline, did you become a sales manager who learned how to hire, train, and manage people who knew how to build sales process and sales tech stacks? So that's the main problem is because of their background. Uh, I love agency people, by the way. Uh, they are my people, just like you probably have experienced with, with your people. 
Um, the problem with that is you want to bring someone in to solve a problem that you yourself have never solved. Mm -hmm. And so that comes either with a ton of cash that you need, or it's going to come with a lot of, of mistakes. And, and typically it's the latter hire salespeople that are not set up for success, meaning they don't have processes or guardrails to run along. You don't know how to keep them accountable uh, or what to even keep them accountable to. Um, you don't know how to compensate them and keep them around if they are a good salesperson. Yeah. Um, there's so many different things. And so what we found that work really well is, is agencies who develop out what we call our core four sales process, sales tech stack, sales people, and sales assets process. Everything is systematized. Um, it is, it is built around playbooks and workflows and actions. And it's all for the common goals. You know, a playbook is basically, I want to get a meeting with a VP of sales. Okay. Well, how do we do that? Mm -hmm. Workflows are inside of that. Okay. I want to get a meeting with the VP of sales. They're currently on HubSpot. Okay. Well, we're going to take this path. They're not on HubSpot. Great. Well, we'll take this path, right? Different type of sales. Having all that documented is sales process, sales technology stack. Everyone knows what tech stack is for the most part, but having a tech stack that makes you both efficient and effective. We want to have both of those. We don't want to introduce too much automation and have efficiency, but have no effectiveness. Yeah. Salespeople, hiring, training, managing. How do we find the right talent? What's the right talent we even want? How do we train them when we get here? How do we onboard them? How do we teach them about our product and our market? How do we teach them how to scope work if they have to? Um, and then finally, how do we manage them? How do we keep them accountable? How do we incentivize them and keep them around? How do we help them achieve personal goals and company goals? And the last one, sales assets. What are we equipping our team with to be successful? Yeah. Library scripts, templates, et cetera. And so the, the agencies who can figure that out are the agencies that, that really excel when it comes to replacing the agency owner with salespeople that actually produce. Yeah. I want to dive into the first one because one thing that we hear a lot from agency owners that are still in sales is that they have a hard time handing it off because they need their tactician or their technician brain there to diagnose the prospect's problem and then prescribe the solution for them. Okay. How do you handle that situation where maybe it's not a defined product offering or it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of one-off custom stuff? Yeah. So there's a couple ways. Um, I hear this all the time. Uh, no salesperson can never be as good as me because no one knows the product as well as me. Listen, man, I get it 100%. I agree with you. You're probably right. But one thing that, that I have to help an agency understand and change is you have to be okay with 70% as good. Mm -hmm. If you truly want to scale, if you truly want to move out of, uh, out of being a day-to-day -day technician who's doing sales and project management and all these different hats, if you want to get out of sales, you got to be okay with 70% as good for a season, right? Yeah. Eventually that 70% is going to way outperform you, but you've got to be okay with that. That's the first thing is the mindset. The second is um, really twofold. One, the harder route is to really teach the salespeople and have incredible onboarding. When you hire a salesperson, have incredible systematized training and onboarding to teach them about product and market, right? So that means having a deep dive into what is it you actually offer? How do you offer it? Um, how do you engage with clients? What does the journey look like? Um, the market. So who are you serving? What is your ideal customer profile? Um, what are the unique um, attributes to the market that you're trying to serve and what big problem do you solve for that market? You have to incorporate it. That's very difficult to do because it's hard to transfer all this years and decades of, of knowledge that agency owners might have into a salesperson, but it can mm -hmm. be done if it's done systematized. 
um, introducing a lot of role playing, introducing a lot of shadowing mm -hmm. that helps. Yeah. Um, the easier solution to that is having a salesperson and it's basically you're connecting different sales. So what we like to do, if possible, if this fits into this, into the, the offer structure is slicing off or carving off a, a strategic portion of whatever your offer, your larger offer is. So if your larger offer is a hundred thousand uh, dollar website project, let's yeah. just go that route. If the first step in your $100,000 project is typically for you to scope out the work, you know, um, do an SEO audit, uh, define whatever the, the creative direction might be. If that's part of your process, carve that off, put a price tag on it and sell that, mm -hmm. right? Because if that's what's going to end up scoping your work, sell it for a fraction of the cost. So let's just say your, whole, your total project is $100,000. Let's say you carve off 3,500 bucks and that's your strategy. Yeah. And so you have your salesperson sell strategy, right? They're basically saying, Hey, I don't know what I can, what I can sell you right now. Cause it's custom. Yeah. Instead, why don't we jump into 3,500 bucks? It's not a massive commitment and this will help us one create a strategic direction, help create an audit, a roadmap, research, a blueprint, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. And have them sell this. And then once they sell that 3,500 bucks, that pays for your, your project project team's time to actually scope it out and create the project. And then you hand it back to the salesperson and now he has the whole scoped out project and he can yeah. say, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's the timeline. Here's the, the ROI and the impact. They don't have to get super technical because the technical team already had their work paid for when they scoped out the work. So I would mm -hmm. say creating a foot in the door offer is what we call it um, is, is one quick way to solve that salesperson technical, you know, chasm, if you will. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a lot of ways to slice that. Yeah. Well, you get wins on a whole lot of fronts because first of all, you're only building strategy for prospects that are actually interested because they've got That's some right. skin in the game at that point. And also they're going to be opening doors for you from a strategy standpoint that you wouldn't get into as a salesperson. So mm -hmm. you can treat them yeah, as And a sometimes it's more profitable when you do it that way too, right? There is some, uh, there are some people that don't want to jump into hundred thousand dollars. So you're going to lose that deal if that's all you're offering. Yeah. But if you're offering 3,500 bucks on the front end, they get used to paying you. They get used to trusting you. They see you as the authority. You actually produce something that's valuable for 3,500 bucks. And then it clicks in their mind. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> now I can see it. And now it's, I paid 3,500 bucks and I got some value out of it. What am I going to get out of a hundred thousand dollars? Right. And then it makes that sale a lot easier, a lot more seamless. Um, that, that's honestly how I like to do it. Your conversion rates will go way up. Um, but you can also do the reverse, which we talked about, which is just working really hard on the product market training, which we, you need to have that anyways. But if, if you do really custom work, it's still, um, you got to have that for yeah. sure dialed in. What are some, you mentioned that you mentioned the, uh, the traditional agency owner journey where they didn't necessarily sign up to be a sales manager and that's not yeah. what got them here today. But inevitably, that's what a seat that a lot of folks are going to find themselves sitting in. What are some common pitfalls that you see owners making when they make that transition from either I've got one, one rock star salesperson and then I need to add three more or I mm -hmm. was that person and now I need to delegate that? Yeah. What, what do you see in that handoff there that trips folks up? Yeah. So, so the three elements of, of sales people in general, that's so that third, that third of our core four, the people segment is hiring, training, and managing. So after you've done the easy part hiring, right, it's fairly easy to hire. And if you're looking to hire salespeople, always hire attitude over aptitude. Mm. You don't neglect aptitude, but you can teach it and train it if you have the right training. 
attitude over aptitude, um, accountability, integrity, all the, you know, the, the words, um, that we all know, but those things are all super important. Once you actually, that's the easy part. The easy part is getting someone to commit to, yeah, sure. I'll take a paycheck from you. Let's, let's do this thing. The hard part is to get them to produce now and you get a, a massive return on that investment. And where I find a lot of agencies fall short, again, it's not having the proper processes in place for that agency salesperson to be successful. Uh, but the other is just not having and not knowing what to manage. So mm-hmm. is it I'm managing outcomes or am I managing activities? Yeah. Which one do I care about more, right? How do I measure those? Where is it that I measure those? Do I have something that I can look at that gives me some sort of transparency or visibility into outcomes and activities? Um, so one thing that we believe in is outcomes over activities, right? I care more about the outcome than I do about how many activities you do. Yeah. So one thing I hate about being in corporate world was we loved activities so much because we had 115 just in my division alone. We loved activities so much that we sometimes would neglect uh, the outcome in exchange for the activities. And so mm-hmm. we get frustrated that someone's doing all these activities, but not hitting the goals that they should. While this other person over here is like, Hey, I can hit the goals, but I don't want to do those activities because I can hit them doing something else. And so there's a little bit of leeway there where process is important and guardrails are important, but giving the sales rep some, some ability to be um, effective and innovative in their own way. Yeah. And so I think measuring outcomes, so outcomes are obviously revenue, first-time appointments, um, things that are essentially a result of activities. Yeah. Now, outcome over activities does not mean that we don't care about activities. So what the hierarchy of the decision-making um, diagnostic, if you will, is outcomes. Are they there? Yes or no. If yes, cool. Let it be alone. You know, keep encouraging them to do what they're doing, help improve, et cetera. If not, then go the level down activities. Are they doing enough quantitative activities mm-hmm. um, based on what you think is successful or what, what's needed to be successful? If the answer is no, well then it's easy. Well, just up your activity volume and let's see where you're at after that. Yeah. If the answer is yes, so no, the outcomes are not there, but yes, they're doing a lot of activities. Then it goes to qualitative activities. Then we need to look at the actual activities they're doing. Are their call scripts good? Are the emails they're sending out quality? Mm-hmm. Is it the right calls to action? Do they have the right targeting? Like those are the qualitative type things you get. So that's the level. It goes outcomes, quantitative activities, qualitative activities. Mm-hmm. And if you do it right, if you set up your tech stack correctly, if you set up your sales engagement tools in your tech stack correctly, and you have dashboards and reporting, this should be very easy for you to know. Yeah. That's something that um, you know we look to build with an agency is to make sure that they have that dashboard, that visibility into the agency sales department specifically to know how's the team performing, how's the people in that team performing, what's working, what's not, who's working, who's not, et cetera. Yeah. So from talk to me about the agency owner that says, I want to get this off of my plate. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing this for long enough. I've proven that I can do it. I can teach someone how to do it. What does that handoff process look like when we go through those three checks and there's friction there and a a rep needs some coaching or some encouragement? How does an owner figure out how long do I coach them and encourage them versus when do I cut ties? Cut cut the cord. Yeah. So the way that our process works is we believe in a 60 day evaluation. So when you hire someone, there are certain things that we're looking for in 60 days. And it's not necessarily like I wouldn't necessarily get tied to revenue because sometimes sales cycles are long. Sometimes your product is super complex. So this is going to fluctuate 
per agency, but we do a 60 day evaluation and we have a scorecard. So whenever we work with an agency, we help them build up the scorecard. And if they're at one particular number or above, which we consider and deem successful, uh, we bonus them after the 60 days and let them go, let them okay. keep going and, and, and running with us. And they're going to keep growing. If they're below a particular number, we cut them, right? Okay. seems harsh, but if in 60 days you don't hit these certain criterias, you're not a good fit for us. We're not a good fit for you. You'd be better off um, being promoted to another company as, <laughs> as we like to say it. You're being promoted to another company. Um, but then there's a middle range, right? So there's a, there's call it one to 50 is your score. And if you're below a 35, but above a 26, um, then you're kind of in what we call the probationary period. And so we give an additional 30 days. We let you know you're in a probationary period and we're going to rescore you in 30 days on the same scorecard. And if you're above 35, cool, you're in bonus, et cetera. Uh, if you're below 35, sorry, it's not a good fit. You're promoted yeah. to another team. <laughs> um, so that's something that, that I would make sure you have in your business is some sort of um, salesperson evaluation. That's the first thing I would do. Um, and, and again, if you've passed that, and I think you hit on this too, is, is I'm a big fan of do document delegate. You didn't say these specific things. But I think you referenced similar is if you do something well. So if you are the agency salesperson as the agency owner and you're good at it, um, if you do it well, document it, document mm -hmm. how you do it. And I'm obviously, you know, Zen Pilot, you guys are big on documentation and process and systems. So document how you do it. So do it, document it. Cause then once you document it, you can delegate it. Yeah. And so I think that's important and people really miss uh, the boat there. A lot of times they don't do or document, they just delegate and yeah. that rarely works out. No. Um, and sometimes they do, but don't document, but then they delegate anyways and they don't have anything to really go off of. So they're still kind of aimlessly wandering. Yeah. So the other thing that we do, last thing I'll, I'll mention here that's super important is we have what we call a daily shutdown scorecard. So every client that we have, every even in my team, so I have salespeople, every salesperson on my team, every salesperson on all my agency's teams, they fill out what we call a daily shutdown scorecard. Every single day, it's part of their, uh, of their workflow. They have to shut down by filling out this scorecard. So we have a, a landing page on our website um, that's uh, specifically for our salespeople. They go to it every day. They fill out about five or six questions and then they rate themselves on about seven different categories. And what that does is it sends it into Airtable and Airtable organizes it per rep. And we can essentially have a daily documented um, daily shutdown scorecard that allows us to really see like how a rep is doing. Are they fluctuating? Are they trending in the right direction? Are they not? And so some of the things that we ask on the scorecard every single day is how much revenue did you drive today? Most days it's going to be zero because we have big, big tickets, long sales cycle, but we still want to get them in the habit of thinking about revenue. Yeah. How much revenue do you, you generate today? Um, how many first time appointments did you set? How many total activities did you do? Is there anything that you're stuck on that we can help you with? And then I, th I forget the last question we ask. Um, I'm sometimes removed from a lot of this. So the last question, and then it's a rating scale. So we have about seven questions where we essentially rate, you have to rate yourself between a one and a five, one being terrible, five being amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously two, three, and four in the middle there. And you need to rate yourself on how did you control your calendar today? Did you honor, you know, your responsibilities today? And, and did you treat your coworkers and clients and prospects with respect? Like all these different questions. And the reason we do that is because if you have enough data on their daily activities and their mm -hmm. daily feelings on how they do things, Oh, here's the question. The fifth one that I missed was uh, how, what are your overall thoughts on today? 
So it's just an open-ended, what are your overall thoughts? And you can log into Airtable as the sales manager or the agency owner at this point. And you can look at every rep and how they, how they feel about their day. And also just the hard facts of what they did today, activities, revenue, meetings, et cetera. And you're going to start noticing trends, which is really interesting. So for instance, if you start seeing a, a rep had great revenue this week, yeah. but their ratings are really low, it probably means they're riding the success of past week's successes, right? Yeah. But if their ratings are low this week and their revenue is high, it probably means that you're coming on a slump soon. It probably means the next few weeks are going to be a skid where you're going to have very little revenue because their ratings are starting to drop. Right. And so it yeah. kind of goes both, both ways. You can start to see trends. And so that as a, as a, as a manager allows you to really start saying, Oh, well, I know that if my reps increasing his ratings or her ratings, um, they're probably statistically speaking, trending upwards. I mean, they're probably going to have some good weeks coming up. Yeah. If it's trending down, even if the revenue looks good this week, don't let that fool you a skid's probably coming in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's super helpful to know and identify red flags. And um, I guess I said that was the last thing, but really important, your meetings. You have to be militaristic on when you do your meetings and how often. So we believe in weekly one-on-ones. So once a week, weekly one-on-one with your sales reps, um, where you go over their pipeline, you go over their daily shutdown card, their scores and their ratings, um, and anything you can help them with. There's weekly team meetings. We call these a team stand-up. This is really just where your team gets together. We talk about the team leaderboard, who's performing the best, who's not. Um, anything the team can help. We do some training in this time. Yeah. A monthly alignment meeting. So this is, uh, don't think of this as revenue-related or activity-related. This is more about alignment, making sure that we're, as a team, rowing in unison. We've got good team culture. We, we, you know, we're in line with the company culture, the company values and mission, et cetera. And the last one is quarterly management review. So that's really just um, a personal meeting with yourself as the manager to set quotas for the next month for your team, mm-hmm. et cetera. So if you do those four meetings, you know, three that interact with the salespeople, have the daily shutdown card, have the evaluation, you're going to set yourself up for a lot more success. That is awesome. You closed the loop there because you started off saying the owners need a place to go and see what's actually happening. Um, mm-hmm. You need visibility into the activity. And I mean, we approach that on the client servicing side from your service team needs to be able to log their time, track their tasks, all of those things inside of a project management tool. Obviously you need a lot to get that all set up, but it's the same, the same principles hold true on the sales side. So thank you for walking us through the whole process. Like you shared a lot of value right there. If people are hearing this and they're saying, I just want Joey to do this for me or walk me through this, like (laughs) where, where can they go to learn more about um, what you guys are up to right now? Yeah, totally. So I'm personally super accessible through LinkedIn. So linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Joey Gilkey. Um, but if you're looking to, to work with us specifically, go to salesdrivenagency.com forward slash contact and just fill out that quick form. It'll auto redirect you to um, a scheduling page and then we'll just jump on a call with our team and we'll kind of just, we'll analyze, you know, a good fit or not. If it's not a good fit. We'll put you in another direction. If it is, then We'll kind of walk you through what it looks like to work with us. That's awesome. Well, Joey, thank you so much for being here. It's been great. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Joey on how you can supercharge your agency sales process and codify an agency sales system. Now, hey, if you are sick and tired of creating documented processes from scratch, you're tired of your team going out and servicing different clients in different ways, 
or you're frustrated because you can't get project management to stick so you've got no idea what's going on for any of your clients and if you were to open up the back end of your agency it would kind of look like a messy kitchen that you wouldn't want anyone to see if that is you I want you to come talk to us. Head over to zenpilot.com and learn how we can help you transform your agency operations by helping you document your processes, organize everything inside of a project management tool, and then we'll even train your whole team on how to use it. So you don't even need to worry about that. So imagine not documenting processes from scratch, not needing to worry about trying out all sorts of free trials on project management tools, and not even needing to worry about training your team on how the system should work. Head over to zenpilot.com to learn more about how we can help you streamline your agency operations so that you can put a sales system like Joey talked about today into action for your team. That's zenpilot.com. And until next time, keep growing.